This is Matthew Hester, Senior Pastor at Dominion Church. I want to thank you for joining us this week on the Dominion Church podcast experience. Our podcast aims to deliver truth from God's Word concerning His kingdom and your righteous identity as His beloved child. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and do share it with a friend. We pray that you are blessed, challenged, and changed by what you're about to hear. Into your presence, Father, I thank you that the word brings life, liberty, joy, and peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Has everybody had a good week? I'll just tell you one funny thing. And as I was over there, just in the presence of the Lord, that water, woo, that water that came down the other day. Now, that wasn't just a little bit of water. I think we got a month's worth of rain in that one day. That was crazy. But we had this little area. It's got a white uh, fence, a privacy fence, but it's got a hill. And it has this little rut, and it goes directly to the doorway. Well, of course, I take care of Alzheimer's patients and memory care people. Well, all at once, the water comes underneath the floor, and it flooded the whole dining area. Well, their perspective about water is a little different from yours and mine. You see it's coming, but no, they want to play in it like little kids. So they start getting up and are trying to, no, no, you can't do that, can't do that. So they're panicking, then they begin to panic. Oh no, it's rising, we can't, you know, and it's, it's not funny, but it is funny, okay? And so then we, I just, I just, I'm standing there and I'm thinking now, if I were a dementia patient or a memory care patient, like a flood, well, how about the Lord comes in like a flood? (laughs) It just hit me at that moment. He just came in like a flood. That's what he did. But everything's okay. They got it all cleaned up and everybody's fine. But it was an interesting night. It was an interesting night. So sometimes jobs where you work can be fun or not. But what I'm going to minister on today is he is coming for us. Not in a bad way, but he's coming for us. I ministered this on January the 21st with Apostle Matt when we were down in Anderson. And he said, Mom, you need to minister that. And I was thinking, when will I get that opportunity? Well, God knew, didn't he? Didn't he? Now, I'm going to start out with a quote. The quote is, he did not come for the water. He came for me. Now, we're going to go to John 4, and we're going to read 7 through 26, because I've read this so many times, you have too. We all know about this woman at the well. But after all the years of reading it, I did not realize one small ingredient. I did not. So, we start at verse 7. A woman of Samaria came to drink water, and Jesus said to her, Now, this is Jacob's well, and everybody knew who Jacob was, okay? Even the Samaritans, everybody knew. And um, he went there, and the woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. Verse 8, For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, 
How is it that you, being a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. She was already loved. She was already loved. Didn't matter if she was Samaritan, Jew, Gentile, didn't matter. She was already loved. And she said, Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. That's like you walk on the other side of the, the, like the, the Catholics and the Irish. They walk on opposite sides of the roads in different countries. And I mean, there are wars. And it's over Catholicism and being an Irish. So weird. Why would I want to fight to you over blood? Or why would I want to fight? fight for, and all through the years, y'all... Y'all know through generations, the, the church has been at war. I mean, literal fighting over crazy stuff. Stuff that should have never happened. Um, so Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to her, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Now, he's asked for something to drink. They're at the well. She starts asking these things. Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will come, become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Can you imagine never being thirsty in your life? Can you imagine that? Never having a thirst. Never wanting something. And there's nothing better than getting like an ice chip after a surgery. I'm telling you, you would, you would do anything for that ice chip. I know. I had a couple of surgeries and finally she said, we'll let you have an ice chip. It was like gold. Give it to me. I'll give you everything I have for a chip of ice. But to be thirsty, have you ever ran somewhere? It's been real hot, real muggy outside, and you've got to have something. And it's got to be cold. None of this lukewarm junk. No. But I have residents that will drink hot coffee. Ooh, it'll be burning up. And they'll be like, no, I got, I'm cold. And they, they will be. They'll be little frozen popsicles. But they got to have coffee. Not me. How can you drink that cold stuff? Because I'm burning up. I'm running around. You come run with me, you'll be running around wanting something to drink too. Okay? And then, this is interesting. People will change the subject when they're not sure about what they're talking about. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> well, here she goes. She says, The woman said to him, Sir, give me the water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. So she doesn't want to ever be thirsty again. And Jesus said... Jesus says to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, yeah, you well said I have no husband. You've had five husbands and the person you're with right now is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. And so when she gets that, well, sir, I perceive you're a prophet, you think? That accuracy is like bullseye. And uh, the woman said to him, when she said that, she said, and then she starts changing again. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and the Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place that one ought to worship. So now she's going from family to not, to worshipping. 
And it's funny to me, the very one that truly knows worship is right there with her. Is right there with her. And he knows true worship. True worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither worship on the mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. And then He goes down and the woman said to Him, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. Now He's prophesying and telling her that if she drank from Him, she wouldn't thirst. But here he go- she goes, who is called Christ. When He comes, He will tell us all things. Well, what does she think He's doing? He's telling her, Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. At this point, he is telling her who he is. But in all of this, did you realize she never gave him a drink of water? She didn't give him a drink of water. It says, at this point, his disciples came and they marveled when he talked with a woman. What do you seek or who are you talking? And the woman left her water pot and went her way to the city. So, He didn't come for the water. He came for the woman who would become an evangelist to the Samaritans. See, when Jesus is coming for you, he's not coming for what you think you need. He's coming for what he knows he's purposed you for. Do you get it? I think that when God comes, he sees already, because he's already loved you. He's already perfected you for something. But a lot of times, we let things get in the way. And she was letting a little drink of water get in the way. But Jesus knew what she'd been purposed for the Father. He knew what the purpose of Father was for her, to become an evangelist. So she didn't, she never gave him water. And I'm thinking, poor Jesus, sitting there, he never got his water. But then he must have just began to drink from himself. You and I have the ability to do that same thing. When we get in a dry place, we have the ability to drink from the living water on the inside of us. And it refurbishes everything. If you think about it, in Genesis, he he came for Adam and Eve in their darkest moment. Didn't he? He came when they were in fear, when they had lied to him, when they had hid from him, when they were trying to run from him. He came for them because he knew Adam and Eve would be the beginning of the human race. Father had purposed this already. He purposed them. So when you're purposed for something, God comes for you and what he has in you already there. He's not coming for your stuff. He's coming for you. All through history, he came. Look at what he did for Cain. He came for Cain, even after Cain had murdered his brother Abel. He came for Cain, and not only did he come for him, he marked him so nobody could kill him. You're marked. Nobody can kill you. You're marked. Not even the enemy can kill you. You're marked. God has purposed you for something. And that something has to be fulfilled. It has to be. I remember sitting at the table many a time with Kelly and Jerry. And I remember Kelly saying, I want to leave here empty. 
empty. And I used to think, what? But then I realized he didn't want to leave here with something inside of him that should have been given to a generation. Jerry Hester began to say the same thing. After we met Kelly and began to really know Kelly, Jerry would say, I don't want to leave here unless I'm empty. Unless I'm empty. Unless I've given everything I have to give. When I leave here, I want that to be my testimony. Do you? I want it to be my testimony. I think it's interesting too that God usually comes when we're doubting, when we're in a crisis, when we're so afraid, when we don't have money, when we don't have, even when we lie in deceit. Think about Isaac. <laughs> and think about him. Eventually, when you, when you, but God saw the purpose of Isaac was to redeem a nation. What about Daniel? He definitely came for Daniel, didn't he? He came for Daniel, and they tried everything. But Daniel was purposed for a call for a nation. So he couldn't be killed. They tried it. Couldn't be killed. What about Joseph? He came for Joseph every single time. In every situation Joseph was in, he came for Joseph to save a nation. To save a nation. He was purposed for that. I, I look at this sometimes. He comes for murderers. You ever murdered anybody? Maybe not with your hands, but in your head or in your heart. Oh my gosh. I remember my dad, when we were little, my dad would drive and he would say, I could just kill him. I heard that a lot because somebody would zip in front of him or whatever. And of course, he was a policeman, so he had a gun. So we were always, would he go out, you know, would he go out and do it? But we knew he wouldn't, but still, he consistently would say that. And have you ever, have you ever said, I wish I could kill him or do something? Don't sit there all pretty. You know you've done it. I've done it. I've done it. I have went down the street. Well, I will tell you, coming home that night on that rain, it takes me 20 minutes to get home. It took me an hour and five minutes because there were such big pools of water alongside the edge of the road. And people were driving, especially with these big trucks, flying by and just water you totally down. And you didn't want to go off in the bridge or whatever, but I was creeping. There were, there were cars behind me, beep, beep, beep. I was like, you go around. You do it. I'm taking my time. I'm getting home alive. Because that water was, mm. and that whole time I was saying, I literally was saying, Jesus, take the wheel. Take the wheel. Because <laughs> it was, y'all, it was awful. And, and I was, um, and finally when I got home, I, I, I did, y'all. I got out in that rain. I did a dance around the car thanking God that I had gotten home. That was one of the worst driving experiences I've ever had. But, talk, and I was in fear. I was. I was afraid the whole time I was going to, and I was like, he's coming to me in my fear. Because you don't think you're afraid. Oh, I don't have fear. Yeah, get out there. You do. You do. We all do. We all have it. But he's coming to, he's coming for us even in our day of, when everything's just going awful, he's still coming for us. He's coming for the purpose that you were purposed to do. 
And I, I love this. He comes to us in our fears. He comes to us in our failures, our temptations, our hurts, our wounds. Guess what? He comes to you in your triumphs. And when you win, when you're victorious over something, He's coming for you. God's coming is not like our thinking He's coming. And then there's another very special um, scripture. Let's go to Mark 5. Now, you should also know this one. This is the woman with the issue of blood. And I was rereading this, and sometimes, I don't know if you know this, but if you reread the Word of God, it will always come out different. Every time. I have this one lady. She is reading the Bible. Now, she's got a big print, but she's been reading that Bible. She got it three years ago. She reads it through every year. Every year. And when I come in there, I must have it stamped on my head. Well, what do you think about this? Well, what do you think about that? And I'll be like, well, let me tell you what Scripture says about this. And she'll go right to the Scripture. She knows the Scripture. And she is 76 years old, has early onset um, Alzheimer's. But Scripture, honey, she reminds me a little of Kelly because she can quote entire, verse, entire chapters of Psalms. A lot of us can't even quote one chapter and so. But anyway, in Mark 5, verse 25 through 34. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. And 12, we all know, is the number for what? Government. Government. Okay? She had suffered many things from many physicians. That's like a lot of us. We'll go to physicians and they can't find anything, and there's still something wrong. And you know when your body's not right. How many of you know when something's wrong in your body? Nobody has to tell you. You don't even have to go to a doctor. You know something's wrong. And she kept going. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Everything she had. Can you imagine back then the money she had had to spend to go to a physician? And they probably used everything they possibly knew. But back in that time, you and I both know physicians weren't wise. And they're really no wiser today. Do you know that a physician cannot make an accurate diagnosis? He can make a guess. He guesses. You pay him to guess. Now, isn't that interesting? Hmm. And it said when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Out of everybody that Jesus came for that day, who did he come for? The woman with the issue of blood. He came for her. Out of uh, uh, that whole crowd, because it says here, it says, For she said, If I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Jesus was in a crowd. People were jostling him. I, I can't even imagine what kind of crowd was around him. And you got a little woman crawling on the ground just to touch the hem of his garment. She wasn't going to physically touch his person, just his garment. Just his garment. She didn't feel she had the right to touch his body, but she could touch that garment. And she knew in that exact instant she was healed. No physician had to tell her, right? Nobody had to tell her. She knew it was accomplished. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? Well, the disciples were a little dingy. You know, they didn't have everything together. Said, so, Do you see the multitude throning? You? And you say, Who touched me? 
You know, each one of us can touch Jesus, and he knows it's us. He knows you by name. I don't care what your issue is. There can be millions of people, and you reach up and touch, and he knows it's Flora. Out of all the people that have come and gone before her and will come and go after her, he knows it's Flora. He knows Flora is touching him. He's coming for you. He's coming for what you believe. He's coming for his purpose in you. And when I, I, I was really going over this and I kept thinking, he looked around to see. And then the woman, what did he do? He came in her fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. He came for her. He came for her. And like I said, if everybody is asking God for something, but there's a person that will touch, he knows you by name. He's coming for you and me. And he's continually doing it. I have to remember this because yesterday was hard for me. Like I said, I think the first year you're numb after someone that you love so much passes. And then the next year, the things come and you're aware. You're aware of what's happening. You're more aware than you were the first year. And I used to remember on our anniversary, I always had red roses sitting on my... Always had red roses sitting on the table. And last year, Matthew had the red roses sitting there. Matthew's in New York. And so um, I went into the kitchen, and um, I came back around, and I just touched the table where Jerry's urn is, and I have a beautiful remembrance table. And all at once, I know you're going to think I've lost it, <laughs> but I thought I smelled roses. And I believe that that was the Lord's way of saying and Jerry's, happy anniversary, honey. See, all you have to do is touch him. He'll come to you in your need. But he already knows what he's purposed you for. And if you let him, he will keep coming. He will keep coming. Because you know something? God, we come to a place of consecration. To where we consecrate ourselves to the Lord. And that should be something that we do on a daily basis. When you wake up, Lord, today, I consecrate myself to you. Let's have your day. Let's have your way. Now, if I get out of the way, slap me around, pull me back in. But I want to be consecrated today, Lord. Because I want you to come for me. Whatever situation I'm in, I want you to come for me. And I believe, too... He comes to us because He chose us. You were chosen before the foundation of the world. That's one thing Kelly could slap into your head. It was that. You were chosen before the foundation of the world. Your name was chosen. Everything about you was chosen. And God gave you opportunity to meet Him. He came to you. So, He chooses us because 
we were already loved. Think about that. You're chosen. He even came for the dead. <laughs> Lazarus. Out of everybody in that grave, and there must have been a lot because it says he had to call him by name, he came for the dead. So even when you think you're dead, a situation is dead, he still can come to that situation and call it out and make it live. He can. And he does it for a purpose. You and I have as much of the Holy Spirit inside of us as we will ever have. What are we doing with it? What are we doing with it? When I think of the places you work, like Walmart, oh my gosh, all the opportunities you have each day to release that into the atmosphere, to release him into the atmosphere. Everyone at work knows me, especially back in the area where I work. And I don't know if y'all remember this, but two weeks ago I asked for prayer. There was a girl who wanted my job, and she started doing some strange things. Well, uh, she was fired on Saturday. Um, she gave, she was the one, she really wanted my job, and she had made some medicines. I've got a picture of it. She had put medicines in a wrong container of another lady. This one lady only had one medicine. She had put four other medicines of another lady, and both of their names started the same. One was a Morgan and one was a Maddox. That was, but she had put the wrong medicines into the wrong crate, thinking I would mess it up. But I'm so thorough. I'm like checking it, the name, the thing. I do it on the computer everything. So I took a picture and showed it to our ED, who is our executive director. And she said, Martha, she said, we've been hearing some things. And I said, she said, why didn't you come to us earlier? I said, because I don't want to be a pain and I know she needs her job and whatever. Well, on Saturday evening, um, I heard a stat from Ed's. Went running over there and she had given a cancer drug to a bipolar lady and the bipolar medicine to the cancer lady. And so she was fired on the spot. But, you know, I was thinking about that when I was up here ministering too. God came for me in the middle of that situation. Because if I had given out the wrong medicines, I would have been fired. And instead, she gave out a cancer drug to a woman who does not have cancer and she gave her the bipolar medicines for the other resident. So, God comes for you. He watches out for you. He takes care of His own. You and I were chosen. So anytime you think that God's not taking care of you, think about it. He is. He really is. He chose you. He's coming for you. He's coming on your good days. How many of us have good days? How many of us have ugh days? Ugh. That rain, I think, messed with everybody. I thought we were a bunch of ducks. But he came. And he's coming continually. So let's keep our eyes on the Lord. Trust him in every situation. I don't care what's going on. He's watching out for us all the time. Because he's coming for us. And is he coming for the person who did that? Yes, he's coming for her. I'm praying for her. I really am because she needs prayer. She doesn't have a job now. She is just horrible when I hear now. 
but God was looking out for me. I have to believe that. I have to believe that. So let's stand up. It wasn't a long message, but it was what I felt like the Lord gave me today. Father, I just thank you so much for today. I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you we were chosen. And because we were chosen and we were already loved, Father, you're coming for us. You're coming for the potential, for the purpose, for the plan that you have for our lives. All the things around us that are swirling, the fear, the unbelief, the anger, the intimidation, all of the things. Father, you're coming straight through that. You're coming straight for us, for our heart, for who we are, for who you planned us to be and purposed us. Father, we give you honor and praise, and we bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. And everybody said amen. Dominion, have a blessed week.